Hi, I'm Jeremy Kirk, Executive Editor with Information Security Media Group. Zero trust is a term that's been around for more than a decade, but what does it mean and what does a zero trust project look like? I'm speaking today with Lisa Lorenzen, Director of Emerging Technologies at Zscaler. Thanks for joining us, Lisa. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So you have some strong opinions on the term zero trust. Uh, let's deconstruct the term. What does it mean, or alternatively, how should we be framing the problem that it tackles? Well, the term zero trust comes from the zero trust model that was introduced in a Forrester report about a decade ago. And at that time, it was really focused on a particular problem of on-premise users accessing internal applications, in contrast to remote users who are usually brought in through a single choke point and can easily have controls applied. On-premise users generally at that time had pretty strained to get access to resources inside their environment. So the goal of zero trust was to find a catchy term to say, we need to apply the same level of controls for internal users that we do for external users. The challenge with that is it's really proven a bit inadequate in a couple of directions. Zero trust itself isn't a goal. You couldn't go through life not trusting people. You couldn't do it personally, and you can't do it as an organization either. Zero trust is a starting point, but the actual goal is to establish trust. So it's not a negative thing. It's a positive thing. We want to establish trust so that we can allow access, so we can enable a user to do what they need to do without introducing risk or causing them more difficulty than necessary. The other challenge with zero trust, as it was initially introduced, is that the world has really changed a lot over the last decade. Cloud and mobility mean that our applications have left the enterprise perimeter and our users are generally off-premise as well as on-premise. So we need a more comprehensive view. It's not just on-premise users accessing internal apps. It's any user at any location accessing applications that could be in the data center or non-public applications that are in a public cloud provider like AWS, Azure, or Google. So I would say that today what we need is context-based trust, and it needs to be a comprehensive solution that applies no matter where the user is and no matter where the resource is. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of confusion or, I guess, questions from organizations about how do you sort of get this started and what are some of the big stumbling blocks. Can you tell us a little bit about what are some of the bottlenecks you've seen to launching these sort of zero-trust projects? I can, and we heard a lot of them from the participants in the roundtable as well. One of the biggest is simply getting buy-in, helping sell this to the stakeholders who need to identify what applications are going to be provisioned this way, having the confidence to make a change from network-based security solutions, which may no longer be flexible enough or granular enough. But on the other hand, we've been doing them for decades and we understand them. So that's going to have a number of contributing factors. One of them is going to be the maturity level of the organization itself. Another one is relationships with all of the teams that would be involved in something like this, from the network team to the application team to possibly even the desktop team. Really getting everybody pointed in the same direction, agreed on what the goal is, and willing to take the step to get there. Another big bottleneck can be requirements like internal policy that needs to be updated to reflect these new approaches, regulatory compliance that needs to be understood and documented how these new approaches meet those requirements, et cetera. And then the one that came up in the conversation and surprised me was data awareness, really the need to inventory and possibly classify the data itself. I've been accustomed to thinking of this as an application problem, but the point that was made very clearly in both Sydney and Melbourne is 
not just an application problem, it's a problem of the data as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on uh, sort of the level of maturity of an organization. And I, I think that's another big question. It's like, do you have to be a large enterprise to be able to embrace zero trust? Or can smaller companies also uh, get something from this? So I think 10 years ago, you absolutely had to be a large enterprise to embrace zero trust. Because if you were doing it at the port layer with 802.1x and Radius, or at the network layer, layer with identity-aware firewall functionality, that was a really heavy lift. It was extensive, it was expensive, it was complicated. Today, I don't think that's true anymore. I believe that there are solutions to help apply zero trust security in a phased approach to allow you to eat the elephant a bite at a time rather than all at once, and to allow you to identify particular use cases where zero trust is most critical or possibly easiest to accomplish without having to tackle it as an all or nothing proposition. And I think that approaches that allow you to offload some of that complexity, such as a cloud service where the infrastructure is built and maintained for you and your focus is on policy, configuration, and monitoring the environment. It's one of the biggest tools for a smaller organization to leverage rather than building it yourself, leverage it as a service. Absolutely. And Zero Trust has proved to be particularly useful to organizations in like mergers or acquisitions where they need to quickly get access to applications, but they also need to that access needs to be metered and regulated and able to be, you know, audited. Can you give us an example, some use cases of how this has been uh, useful for those types of scenarios? Sure. Um I actually have two good ones. One is mine and one came out of the conversation that we had in Melbourne. Um, mine would be mergers and acquisitions, as you mentioned. We see an organization purchases another organization and traditionally the integration process can be painful and time consuming. You have to get physically connected. So you have to wait to get circuits pulled. But that gives you the time to do an assessment of the security hygiene of the acquired company figure out whether you have IP overlap because who isn't in the 10 net or the 172.16 networks in the data center. Then you have to figure out where you're going to put proxies, what addresses you have to translate, how you're going to apply ACLs, how you're going to control access between the two environments. So an acquisition can lead to an integration that takes weeks or even months. What you need is an easy way to connect key users in each side of the house with critical resources on each side of the fence. And to do that without this overhead of integrating the two networks. So we see zero trust solutions because of their focus on connecting users to applications rather than connecting endpoints to networks or networks to networks. We see zero trust as a way to accelerate the integration after an MA and also to reduce the problem space. One of the people who joined us talked about a case study where they had deployed Zscaler's private access solution as a zero trust service in their environment. And his point was that users were really relieved once it was implemented because they didn't have to deal with VDI, they didn't have to deal with a VPN. They just connect the resource without having to think about the underlying plumbing. And that ease of use is accompanied by a real security benefit because user to application access reduces or even eliminates the risk of lateral movement. And it also gives you much greater visibility into what users are doing on the network. So the point that he was making was the technology exists to do this kind of access. Getting buy-in may be the first hurdle, but once you deploy it and the benefits are visible, 
nobody wants to give it up. You made a point also during our our roundtables that you've seen a lot of use of this, particularly around shops that are running SAP. Oh, absolutely. If you've got a heavyweight application that's running in the data center that may be heavily customized and you're migrating to the cloud, you know, A, you're going to have both data center and cloud environments. You want a consistent way for users to access applications in both locations. And then B, eventually you're going to tackle those heavyweight applications. You're going to tackle moving SAP from the data center to the cloud. And so being able to provide a seamless user experience, both while the applications reside in different environments, and then through perhaps a transition of a data center application to the cloud, really enables productivity throughout this process and simplifies not only the access process for the user, but the management of access process for the administrator. Now, I've got a big uh, last question for you. It's a big ask. Could you give us uh, like three tips about what organizations should consider when undertaking one of these projects? Absolutely. I'm going to just call back to what I just said. The user experience is paramount. You really want to make sure that whatever you deploy is going to ideally improve the user experience. But be minimally disruptive. So you want something where there's a migration process. You can keep running your existing technology and then layer in this new solution, allow people to kick the tires on it. Maybe they access via the new Zero Trust service in the morning, and if they find anything isn't working, they fall back to their VPN. You sort out the problem, and eventually you find that you don't need to fall back to the VPN anymore. So just offering users a better way to access resources is one of the key ways to win the hearts and minds that it's necessary to win to go from an initial use case to an expansion to eventually a full zero trust solution. So that's my first point. I would also say that because of the way that users access applications today, you really need something that offers seamless direct access to applications in multiple environments, but gives you centralized visibility, management, configuration, and monitoring. So from an administrator point of view, you want a single pane of glass. And from the user perspective, you want them to be able to access the resource no matter where it is and no matter where they are. And then finally, when you start to think about how to roll out a solution like this, there's almost three phases to me. There's a visibility phase where your focus is on accessibility and not changing the user experience from the open networks that they may be accustomed to, either an open layer three IPsec VPN or unfettered internal access. And then there's a granularity phase where you want to lock down resource access to be really least privileged access, where users can only get to applications that are necessary to do their job. And that's the point where you can start to take the steps that will eliminate lateral movement, that will ensure that users only get to the resources that they need. Thank you very much for speaking with us, Lisa. My pleasure. I've been speaking today with Lisa Lorenzen, Director of Emerging Technologies at Zscaler, about zero trust. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk.